I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's phenomenal episode, I got to have my friend, Mr. Daniele Bellelli, on the podcast for the second time. And uh, we actually just kind of sort of co-released an episode. So you can hear a continuation of this conversation released on his end at the Drunken Taoist podcast. Highly recommend you guys checking that out. Daniele is rad. He's a best-selling author. He is a podcast host of two, The History on Fire podcast and Drunken Taoist. Um, he's uh, actually a uh, college history teacher, which is interesting. Oftentimes people here don't actually have jobs. They're just, <laughs> they're just uh, are, are writers or speakers. So he is in the thick of it, doing the thing, educating people, and uh, really beautiful conversation. We get into, what do we get into? Cannibalism. We get into uh, fear of death or awareness of death, what death means, different various different cultures, approach to barrel ceremonies. Um, really phenomenal. Getting to psychedelics and uh, just the impact of unwinding trauma. It was good stuff. I hope you guys enjoy. Here is a little clip from the podcast. Like people that I choose to be around, I don't care that they are stereotypically smart or not. I really don't care. Not important at all to me. What important is the spark they have around them, the, the vibe they have around them. And thank you so much for tuning into the website. If you feel called at aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you will find the show notes for this and the rest of the episodes. And you can start the five-day movement challenge, which breaks down movement fundamentals to integrate into your day-to-day existence. Super important stuff. Um, I have a quote for y'all. This quote comes from the good Mr. Thomas A. Edison. His middle name, I don't know what his middle name is, A. Uh, if any anyone knows what Thomas A's middle name is, send us a message on Instagram, Adeline Podcast, and we will send you out a box of Four Sigmatic Mushrooms. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Thomas A. Edison quote, the doctor of the future will give no medication, but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame, diet, and in the cause and prevention of disease. One more time. The doctor of the future will give no medication but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame, that's structure, physical structure, movement, all that stuff we talk about, diet, and in the cause and prevention of disease. So kind of like removing the stone from the shoe as opposed to giving someone pain medication when they have a pain in their foot. Pretty important stuff. Thomas A. Edison was really onto something there, and uh, I think that's what this podcast is all about. So kudos to Thomas. Um, thank you guys so much for leaving reviews on iTunes, highly appreciated, and uh, as well, if we read your po- your review on here, we will send you out a box of Four Sigmatic Mushrooms as well. Uh, today, it's about figuring out what the A in Thomas Edison is. Uh, 
And thank you guys so much for the Amazon affiliate purchases. Go to the top right-hand sidebar of the podcast page, alignetherapy.com slash podcast. Anytime you purchase crap on Amazon, just bookmark that link, buy that crap through there. We get like 7% of your purchase, costs you nothing, and just uh, takes that out of Amazon piggy bank. I think that's it. Just got back from Panama, was teaching a a two-week thing called Runga or Runga with uh, Mr. Ben Greenfield and several other interesting folks. Super fun. We're going to have a lot of pictures up on the social media from that and uh, some good content coming your way from that here we go back to the show with mr daniele balali and be sure to go check out the other side of this conversation on the drunken taoist podcast all right here we go chicka chicka boom align podcast what are you teaching in history right now i teach uh, u.s history native american uh, history of religions have you heard much about cannibalism in relation to Native Americans, for example? Mm-hmm. But but it's something I've I've found. I don't know when I was when I was listening to this, but um, kind of like our perspective on cannibalism is like that's the most terrible thing you could ever possibly imagine. Sure. But then I've heard kind of other perspectives of of certain cultures would end up eating their enemy. Yep. As you could look at it from like that's horrible or you could look at it as like well they don't want to waste the meat they don't want to waste the energy of that individual it's almost like more noble in a certain way i use it all the time to freak people out you always have the (laughs) cannibal moment like hey why not yeah why not (laughs) yeah people flip out and i always enjoy it (laughs) is that something that am i right on that that's that's a thing that happened and yeah yeah i mean a bunch of people around the world have done even when it's not like hardcore cannibalism meaning that's what you do for protein on a regular basis yeah. is a usually more ceremonial kind yeah it happens all the time mm. it's it's definitely it's a big feature in a lot of cultures and uh, yeah so what's blown your mind in history recently um let me think recently that i've seen i think there's an interesting um I've been having this conversation a bit because i noticed that so much of what passes for history is really the history of war yeah, politics I've heard and you warfare. speak about that, yeah. And I find it tedious because that makes human life sound pretty crappy. And not that, you know, things like politics or war are not important, but, you know, like, look where we are right now today. It's like, is that really the most important going on in this moment? It's like, not really. And so to me, it's like, we most of the time the good stuff about humanity rarely makes it in the history book unless it's in the middle of a crisis you know yeah the hero who does something great in war or some tragic situation you know Mm. there's never ordinary beauty in history there's never the stuff the like to me i'm interested in cultural history that's about just how people live sometime at different points in time their priorities their daily life their that kind of stuff because you get more of a glimpse of what people's day-to-day experience really is, not just when the shit hits the fan kind of thing. Yeah. So I find that, I find it very fascinating. And I think it's uh, cultural, there's something really cool about cultural history, about looking at that stuff, not just at the, what happened in 1637 on a, you know, that's not it. That's not the big part for me. Yeah. We look at history the same way we look at news. It's like yeah. stimulation of the amygdala or whatever. whatever. Totally. <laughs> and it's all about fear and drama. And, uh, and look at me wrong. You know, there are powerful for stories based on conflict. And, and 
where really a yeah, conflict war and drama are big but you know it's like i don't want to watch on tv conflict war and drama all the time right there's also some happier stuff there's comedy there's yeah. you know that's not bad either Would, have you found cultures to be more or less uh, violent, like one of the things I've, I mean, I guess the answer would have to be of course, but one of the things I, I, I had read was um, the amount of physical contact mm -hmm. that cultures had at a young age and probably throughout their whole life sure. um, would actually, there's a one-to-one -one correlation of how violent that culture ends up being in, you know. That totally makes sense. Pretty fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, physical, yeah, I tend to, when I moved to U.S., I was really puzzled because uh, the degree, even though they are both Western cultures, you know, in Italy, there's so much more physical contact yeah. all the time. More movement in general. Yeah. And so I was really puzzled by what I saw as the American hug. I always find it really funny. <laughs> there's always, especially with guys, there's such uh, homophobia where there was always sure. the arm in between uh, and two pats on the back and then break contact and make sure there's enough space in there. Or right. there's you don't uh, want dick to dick. Yeah, that's totally. <laughs> dangerous, <laughs> dangerous. That may turn my inner gay on. Exactly. I don't want that. And just keep pushing it down. I know, man. It's just like, Jesus, you're that freaked out by it. It's like, it's every damn touch you think it as a sexual thing. It's like, yeah. it's not. Relax. Yeah. You know? Or even women, and probably because of being harassed a lot, but there was a lot the kind of hip turning, kind of put the hip sideways type of thing, so that there's no frontal contact. And I was like, how about we just shake hands then? Let's not even do this shit. He's yeah. like, come on, this is not a hug. Let's not even I, pretend. I find the double, triple kiss thing that'll happen in certain places yeah, yeah, in yeah. Europe to be actually more formal and, and almost like drier. Like it feels like it, it feels less connected to me. I never do it. To me, it's like when there is that kind of thing, I'll be happy with one kiss on one the cheek. One kiss is solid. One kiss and feels I, genuine and to I me. break. Because otherwise, yeah. yeah, I feel like we're performing <laughs> a ritual. this dance I do? Yeah, I know. I, I think it's both. <laughs> I don't do that. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I have no problem with fat in Europe and stuff. The one kiss, totally cool. I find it sweet. Yeah. But when I agree with you 100%. When you make it this weird little dance of like, how many times, which side first? Like, come on, that's not even... That has nothing to do with a real gesture of physical affection. We're just performing some stupid ritual. You know? Yeah. Have you seen your your contact change with people since living it? Like, we're talking about how the United States is so this way. Like right now we're in Venice mm -hmm. near the beach, which is like a way. It's probably the opposite. Yeah. We're like lo long huggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like way I mean, more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way more than other places. <laughs> but have you yeah. noticed a, a shift in yourself? No. With that at all? Not that much. All right. No, that stuff. In fact, I see like my daughter, it's like eventually I'll have to probably make her realize that that's not the way the universe operates because yeah. she like anybody who's remotely nice to her should just give her these hugs that last like way longer than it's customary accepted. Yeah. <laughs> Tighter and longer. Your daughter. And, uh, yeah. Oh, cool, she does man. it all the time to that's good. even semi-complete strangers where if they are just dying, you know, if she picks a good vibe and they are nice and right. we're there, just big hug. And it's cool. It's weird because on one end it's super cool and I definitely don't want to stifle it. On the other end, you want to also understand how other people are and how yep. they perceive stuff and so on. So it's like find a way that doesn't repress it but you're also aware of not everybody think the way you do. Yeah. Everybody have, have you ever heard the term Holly in Hawaii? Like, it's like pigeon, but Hawaii. Uh -huh. So Holly is like white people. Right. Right. But Holly actually means without breath. Uh -huh. And so, so ha 
is, I, I believe ha is breath and, right. and aole or whatever is, is without, you know, fact check me on that, but sure. I know the aole means without breath. And uh, <clears throat> what they, where that comes from is when, you know, the white man came originally, they would do these like Eskimo kisses, not white men, but uh -huh. Hawaiians, where yeah. they essentially go nose to nose, nose, to nose yeah. and they ex exchange a breath. Right. You know, and that's like such an intimate totally. connection, face to face, actually exchanging air course. with each other, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and then the white man came and they're just, they're like, you know, more sterilized essentially, right. you know, and ironically enough, they end up actually being more toxic and they end up yeah. bringing, <laughs> you know, bringing disease. Of course. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, is there any other kind of like weird cultural something or others that you've gathered in your, your <laughs> exploits? It's funny because I think... Early on, like years ago, I tended to emphasize the power of the individual over culture a lot more. Because mm. I, I resented this notion that everything, like it sounded almost too racist, this idea that culture determined the person, you know, that is like, what, you think that because somebody comes from that country, they all think the same way or they all have the same, which obviously is bullshit. Yeah. But at the same time, I think <laughs> I took it a little too far, like denying that there was such that cultural influence play the role. Yeah. And the reality is they do. Uh, the individual has a lot to say about it and they can or cannot, you know, how much they absorb from it is really up to the individual. But there are certain things that, that is like where you're born and how you grow up, they do have an impact in how you're gonna perceive the world. You yeah. know? And so I find it like in that sense, yeah, all cultures have some really peculiar things that are like even here, like for example, when I moved to US, I came here for college, right? It was almost unfailingly every single foreign student cheated in, in school. <laughs> every single American was horrified at the idea of cheating in school. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> because it's like almost everybody I knew from, and it wasn't just Italian, it was like every other country, almost every single one. So school as an enemy, hmm. school is there. They are these guys, the teachers who are there to test you and the game is, you need to make sure to jump through all the hoops they put in front of you so that you get what you need at the end, a piece of paper that allow you to do this other thing or whatever, mm. and by any means necessary. So whatever you need to do to make it happen, make it happen. There was no idea of, uh, and all the Americans instead had this thing of like, no, but you're cheating yourself, my dollar, they da 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 And it was really funny because it was so, like zero and 100, like almost all Americans were really disturbed by cheating and mm. almost all foreigners were completely fine with it. And it was even weird if you, like in Italy, if you don't help somebody cheat in school, everybody looks it's at like you rude. like an asshole. You're just like, can you believe it? He didn't pass me the paper during the exam. What an asshole, you know? It's like, in a sense, that's that's more valuable than just studying and getting a grade on the test because it's that relationship building. It's sure. like kind of like playing, uh, was it Risk? Yeah, 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 where you have to build that. You gotta uh, build an alliance with Germany yeah, or whatever, you know, yeah, or else yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. And yeah, it's those subtleties that you gather from, and people will tell you about the college. Like college, for most people, it's not like the books that they read as much as no, it is the experience. The people, of course. So it's always that relationship yeah. building component that's gonna be the biggest thing. Yeah. So if you're the person that can convince, you know, the Poindexter to pass you his paper, right. that transaction 
is maybe significantly more important as far as from a business sense. Not that it's like cheating or not cheating, yeah, not yeah, playing the label, but yeah. just that, okay, we're buddies. Yeah. We make this connection. I have this thing. You have this thing. Let's like make this energetic trade. That's the dance. Yeah, because there is something, there is an obvious way to get stuff done. You know, you follow the rules that lead to the <laughs> results you can get. It's one it, of the right? <laughs> The other question is, how can you get it done without jumping through all the same hoops? Right. And there's... I'm sure there are ways of thinking of it as an immoral thing, and there are aspects of it which could be moral, depending on the context. But there's also an interesting promotion of lateral thinking, where you're not just thinking by the rules. Is like, how else do you operate outside of the normal rules and still get the job done? Yeah. And uh, I tend to enjoy it, and that goes back to the cultural thing. That's uh, as much as there are many things about me that I don't consider very Italian, that is a very Italian thing of mine. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's... I was talking with Dan Carlin, the guy from Hardcore History, and I was talking how I tend to always have some shady way to get stuff done. And I mean shady, I, I have no problem with the morality of it all, because I, I have my own moral standards and I never break those. Yeah. But they are not necessarily the standard, typical social ones. And uh, so, yeah. It's only shady when it's dishonest. Yeah. If you're open about and I think it's also, again, it's like the energetic exchange. If yeah. you're the high school jock, whatever, you know, you're focused on something else. Mm -hmm. You're like winning the, the game yep. and you're like, you're bringing this pride to the school and all that stuff. Like maybe knowing about Abe Lincoln isn't the most important thing, sure. you know, or maybe you protect the person somehow. Maybe you make them feel good somehow, you know, whatever. I think that's the, the underlying dance that's really more valuable mm -hmm. than just specifically the, you know Yeah, saying? I agree. And I think some of it is, there is an element, so much of school learning that is, uh, Nobody recognizes it as valuable because it's like, you know, if I know that I'm, there are certain things that I want to do with my life and you're giving me, you're making me study chemistry and not like a basic of chemistry is probably good for everybody. But it's like if that's not going to be my life and you're making me go so deep down the rabbit hole, that's like a specialist thing is for somebody who's really going to make chemistry a huge part of their life. Yeah. Why are you making me jump through those hoops? I'm never going to need it. Uh, the cool stuff about chemistry, you can give it to me like one tenth of the time and the energy required that the average person sure. may use in a good way. And then maybe that builds the curiosity for more, but don't give me like 10,000 pounds of stuff where all I need is this much. Yeah. You know? Have you it's heard like the history of the present model of education much? I'm hoping you have, because I actually, I'm, I'm shady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm unfortunately shady as well. Oh, crap. Like I've heard, I mean, one of the things that I hear a lot is that it's basically based on kind of the industrial revolution and the whole idea of turning people into good workers. So, yeah, right. You know, get up at a certain time, follow the bell, follow the orders, jump in. It's just very driven toward... Uh, Sorry, we'll let that track go by. Yeah, right. <laughs> is very driven toward uh, um, making you average, making you full orders, making you very regimented. Right. Yeah, so it's not, doesn't exactly promote the most creative thinking or even, or even cater to your talents. It's very much designed to make you a cog in an industrial machine. Um, and kind of hard to argue with it because that does look like 
it's what's going on. Well, it's 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 the block. It's the shape that fit. Yeah. The the hole from the industrial revolution, but yeah. now we're in like this technological revolution. Exactly. And, you know, entrepreneurship is more of a thing. And there's exactly. you know there's some statistics about a very high percentage of people are, are are and will continue to be working for themselves and kind of like creativity is becoming one of the more important things over being that cog because now yep. the cog can be replaced by technology. Exactly. So now we're still jamming that same yep. model because it's just what we've been doing. It's been working. Of course. But it's not where we're going anymore. No, completely. And I think it's silly because yeah, when you look at, I was even looking at like my daughter's school at elementary school. It's like the amount of time that they actually spend learning something is so low. It's mm. almost like so much of the school day is babysitting. Yeah. And some of it is great because, as you said, some of the value in school is not just the learning something, is the interaction with the other kids or with the teacher or something. That's There's something cool about it. But then we can do that plain. <laughs> you know, we don't have to do some boring, tedious subjects done poorly that takes forever to really distill an amount of information that we could get done in an hour and instead spend six hours doing that. It's like, so yeah, that model seemed to be, it's a dead model. And it kind of fits the general pattern of the death of it, the current system of education. Like if you notice now how much it costs to go to university in the United States on average. Yeah, it's crazy. For what you get. Because it's not that you get a college degree and you have all these opportunities awaiting you left and right. And so people end up in monstrous debt with very little to very little in the ways of paying it back because those degrees don't give them jobs yeah so it's like we have a problem with that model you yeah know? something is off there yeah there's almost a feeling of because of of loans there's a feeling where you can you can kind of close your eyes mm -hmm. for six years or whatever until you need to start paying the loan back and just be like it'll work out yeah you know it's, it's like it's it's like so you can have that six-year period and yeah. you're like the most popular kid in your class and all this right. stuff and you're living this dream yeah. and then you get you're like oh shit nobody cares anymore yeah <laughs> now you have <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars you know i think it said uh, it was the 1980s when reagan was president that it was the last time in u.s history where there were more scholarships than loans and now that ratio has completely changed where the number of people going to school on scholarships is very small and mm. the number of people getting loans is super high, which in some way, it sort of ensures that people will be, it kind of pushes you into some voluntary slavery kind of thing because what's yeah. going to make you do is make you way less willing to take chances to take any kind of risk because uh, you have to, you know, I have these thousands of dollars worth of debt. I can't afford to say, huh, let me travel the world for a year and figure out where, what I want to do with my life. It's like, nope, you got to start paying now. So go, 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 yeah. you know, and that, uh, yeah, that doesn't sound like the healthiest set up possible yeah figuring out how to create a buffer you know it could just be as simple as like a financial buffer mm -hmm. where it's like you consider zero to be ten thousand dollars yeah <laughs> you know like if i get ten down to ten thousand dollars like i have no money exactly yeah. you know yeah. It, yeah. It, it gives you that space to start to, to still make good decisions mm -hmm. you know and so many of us we start off at negative yeah. lots more thousands than that yeah Exactly. And now you're smashed up against a wall. And when you're smashed up against that wall, you literally become like somewhat of an indentured servant or a slave. And so it's figuring that out. Yeah, that's, that's a, the really. Uh, that's a very. 
prevalent thing in some countries more than others because some countries don't have a debt culture it's like no you spend what you got you there's no credit card that you spend on is like that's it if mm. you can't pay for it that's not your house if you haven't paid for it it's not your house <laughs> right. if it's uh you can you know all of that so it's tough because that clearly makes it harder to start big projects where you la need lots of funding but it's also very you know you don't run into the risk of screwing up royally and uh, doing things that you really can't afford to pay back later right us there's more than willingness to take chances which is great but also there's the price to pay with it which is also pretty heavy yes yeah. how does this pop up for you when you're uh in college and you were like you were like having this conversation before you're going to, to teach a college yeah it's, <laughs> seem to be, it, the only people who hear of the podcast i do are students who dig it yeah nobody give me a hard time about well, it's not like days. you're saying it's college is bad it's just essentially it's like think about it yeah yeah i mean i say it in class yeah i'm like dude what are you doing here are we sure about that this is a good idea maybe it is for you you know maybe it's a great idea yeah and, and there is, the problem is if you don't, here is the trick about education. If you don't go to college, you still have to figure out a way to make all those human connections, that period in your life from when you are 18 to 20 something, where you meet a ton of people who are your age in, um, and there are not that many ways to do it. Uh, you know, college is an easy way to make it happen. There are not that many ways to run into that many people uh, where you can have um, interactions with human beings of your age. And so college does fulfill a function. It's not the function that's advertised because the function that's advertised is about the diploma and what they are teaching you and stuff. That's really secondary. Hmm. But the human aspect, I don't know that there's too much of a substitute. Yeah. Even, you know, you travel, you can do a lot of great things. Just the numbers are not there. You know, if you are in a university with 20,000 people, those are 20,000 people. How often are you going to be in any situation in life where you can run into 20,000 people your age in, uh, in a small space? And not just at a concert, but on a day-to-day -day basis where you do have chances of actually meeting a lot of these people. Do you think that could be stifling in a sense as well because you're around a bunch of confused people your same age it's like going it's sometimes you go to like a networking event and everyone there is to like they're essentially to, to hustle their sure, thing sure, sure, and you're sure, like sure. wait there's no value here yeah. for me at all <laughs> i need to go to a non-networking yeah, event yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that is not that you know if that's all you know all the time yeah that's a problem right you'd also need to be around very different ages and experiences and everything else but I think part of what makes college cool is the fact that these are people who, for the most part, haven't yet beaten down by life in terms of like, oh, I had these dreams, but the harsh reality of paying the bills has crushed them all. Mm. There are a lot of people who still have a sense of vitality. And in my experience, you know, when I was a kid, all the people I like hanging out with were older than me. By the time I was in college, they were about the same age. By the time I was done with college, they were younger than me. Because the reality, and there are plenty of exceptions, okay, but typically my experience is that most people, every year past 25, the number of people who still have any li life left in them declines dramatically. <laughs> and there are some, and some are amazing, and they are better than they were at 25 when they are 70. You know yeah. what I mean? But the average is not, just in terms of a numbers game, the number of people that I want to interact with who are 50 
is a lot less than the number of people I want to interact with who are 20. Yeah. And now that same 20 year old may turn out to be a complete dumbass in a few years, but not yet. <laughs> At this time, there's still life there. There's still, and, and I tend to value vitality over practical intelligence any day yeah, man. in the sense that with vitality there's still potential something you can become smart but it's unlikely that you'll uh, restore your vitality after you have gone to sleep for decades you mm. know it can happen again everything can be done i'm just saying percentages yeah you know? i was talking to a friend who she just came back from she was in Namib namibia is okay. that how you say that country yep. namibia and um she was out there for like six years and she was working working with various these this uh these like indigenous tribes that um indigenous to the point that they don't use numbers kind of like wow. the, like the uh, paraha people are pretty yeah. pretty famous in south america the dan everything um another thing worthy, worthy of checking out that we could maybe talk about as well but she was talking with one of the, the tribesmen guys and she speaks the full like uh -huh. like dialect language really cool it's really rich she's, she's, she's really beautiful as well um we're gonna, we're gonna record a podcast with her coming Sweet. up Sweet. yeah um but one of the things she was talking about was met with this tribesman fella and she's like she asked him like how old are you mm -hmm. And the guy's like, he's, he said something, I'm not going to remember what exactly what it was, but some long lines of like, you know, when I was, when I was like this tall, I was, I had little days, you know, when I was this tall, I had more days, you right. know, like when I was this tall, I've seen many things. Yeah. She's like, well, how do you know? He's like, he looks at her deep in the eyes and says, a thousand <laughs> because right. he like of heard course. that number in passing yeah, or something course. like that. <laughs> you know I, I wonder again just how this illusion of sorts of of what my age is and mm -hmm. and kind of this this mold that we put ourselves oh, into yeah. how that actually you know it's like okay you follow suit i'm 40 okay and my knee hurts now i'm 50 mm -hmm. and i piss my pants now i'm <laughs> right. if we could somehow you know looking at it from a cultural perspective cultures that kind of have different definitions of that i think it changes that vitality for sure and i think also some of it yeah is uh, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy that way some of it is uh, also just the structure of our lives you know if you do engage in a crappy job day in and day out for 10 years uh, the amount of energy you have left is uh, more than when you have engaged in the job for 20 years but it's a lot less than when you have been at it for two years you know yeah. and so i think some of that is um, there's a price to pay in all of it you mm. know and if you do certain life choices will I, I don't know like i see the degree of cynicism tends to go up as yeah. time goes by the degree of uh, fear tend to go up in a lot of people as time go by and they find better ways to mask it but they tend to be more so they <laughs> more times they will have failed when they are 40 than when they are 20 just by and again maybe you have also succeeded a lot more and that's the good stuff but you also have the experience of failing time and time and time and time and time again and i think a lot of this stuff um, with many individuals not all but many individuals it goes to the core and they start making them die inside mm. you know? and it becomes uh, you know how much money i have in the bank is really the only thing you can look back to to feel good about yourself because you feel that every single day you are compromising a little more of who you are of who you want to be you're giving up a little more you're and that has an impact which is why 
again I, I love exceptions exist in all ages and they are awesome but averages I find myself being so much more comfortable about a 20 some year old crowd than a 50 year old crowd mm. you know um, it's kind of like that old 1960s don't trust anybody over 30 kind of thing right yeah, Is yeah, that, yeah. and I think you know it's bullshit because you take it too far because again there are in many ways those who make it past a certain age with still vitality and dreams and stuff they are probably way better than somebody who has those qualities at 20 because they have those qualities after having survived getting some serious trials so there's a depth to their idealism there's a depth to their vitality that a 20 year old is not gonna have mm. but they are surrounded by the spiritual corpses of everyone around them who has tried and has failed in the process and is so it's not that the 20 year olds are better it's that they are they haven't been tried as much so there's more of them who are still alive just because they haven't gone through the trials yeah you know? and so but again at least there's the potential you can still say oh that guy can make it maybe mm -hmm. you know whereas uh, at a certain age again miracles can always happen and people can turn their life around uh, even very late in life it just the odds decrease i think it's the operating system that you run on mm -hmm. you know it's like you look at your just for like a overly simplified analogy but you look at your your cell phone and every freaking three weeks you get like oh, gotta update the operating system sure. and you're like god damn it again yeah. you know but it's a similar concept in your own spirit and your own brain and your own body and your just approach to life in general mm -hmm. so many people i think probably out of fear don't update the operating system right. because the other one it worked kind of shittily but it worked yeah exactly it's like hey, was, <laughs> i didn't die yeah, this next one i could die yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not going to progress. <laughs> taking chances is a scary thing. There's a reason why people are adverse to taking risks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's both ways, right? It prevents you from doing a lot of stupid shit, but it also prevents you from possibly doing the things that can make your life infinitely better than you've ever imagined. Hmm. Um, yeah, there are no, there, there's no safety there. Yeah, when you take risk, you take risk. <laughs> it can yeah. really go both ways. So what do you value more there? Like, are you happy to the point where you're like, you know, if nothing changes in my life, I'm happy this way? Or you have that stirring that says, no, 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 no. It's one life. I want something different than this. Yeah. So I, I wonder if, say, the simple metaphor of changing the operating system is relevant. Uh, I wonder how one actualizes that that changing of the operating system so it is relevant in a right. new in a new day, you know. Because I think that's the thing. It's like uh, the really obvious one for me is like from a movement perspective. Mm -hmm. If you're doing shitty patterns on a momentary basis, yeah. of course your knee's going to blow out, and your lower yeah. back's going to hurt, and your disc is going to, you know. Of course. Like, what else would you expect? Yeah. You know, and it's a similar concept with your with your cognitive processes. You know, your mm -hmm. approach to your business, your approach to your relationships. Yeah. You know, so if you, is there any kind of, when you think about that, is there any kind of a way to kind of actually get to the core of that? Or is that too nebulous of a thought? Tell me a little more about get to the core of it. In, um, I want to make sure I'm grasping it right. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm not really even asking anything. I guess, I guess just actual information to, to keep joie de vivre in your life. Is there anything that, you, that's, that comes to mind as... Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the problems. That's one of the things that always drove me nuts is when seeing people who are bored 
Yeah. Like, how in the fucking world are right. we bored? You're like, <laughs> if I live 10,000 years, I cannot fit all the stuff I would want to do and experience and try all in those 10,000 years. Yeah. How do you get bored? Make a goddamn list of all the cool things that you could be doing. And whatever list you make, odds are you're not going to be able to get to one-tenth of it in the time you have. Mm. Uh, every day should be like, oh, what do I get to do today? You yeah. know, there's so much stuff out there to try and experience. So how do you how do you get that, though? Because that's the thing, and that's with teaching people about movement stuff and body yeah. work and self-care. It's like, it doesn't matter unless you do it. Yeah, it doesn't totally. matter if it becomes you. Totally. You know, and so it's that that's yeah. that's the gap that I that I witness all over the place. Everyone has all the information. Yeah, absolutely. Very very few people are actually actualizing any of the shit. Absolutely. You know. And it's hard because there are. The problem is, it would be easy if. Uh, it's kind of like where we were talking about jujitsu earlier on, right? If you have one thing that you are dedicated to, it's easier to be disciplined at that one thing because you have one thing to think about, you know? So I have to be disciplined about this. I have to put in X amount of hours into it and whatever. But of course, our lives are made of so many different parts that you have to be disciplined about your body. You have to be disciplined about what you eat. You have to be disciplined about uh, just about anything else you want to do in life. Nothing works without a discipline to it. And so sometimes it feels like, oh, Jesus, how, mu how much is too much, mm. you know? And you have to make choices because realistically, you're not going to have the time to dedicate to every single thing you enjoy. So which ones do you prioritize? It's like it's a two-step process. You have to figure out what your priorities are that you realistically can pull off within 24 hours a day. Yep. And you have to then do it and make sure that the time and energy you dedicate is... Uh, hits the spot because again as you say you can have all the information in the world but unless you do it it doesn't mean crap you know? yeah yeah the other thing that i think often you see especially living in in, in venice is um uh, alan watts has a has a has a bit where he says the the biggest ego trip is is losing your ego mm -hmm. or dropping your ego sure you know and it's like i think that that's something that we we get too Sometimes like, okay, I need to be more spiritual. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, All right, I'm going to get some freaking prayer beads right, and, right. you know, a yoga mat and I'm going to burn Neg Champa or what, Palo Santo yeah. and like, you know, and then all of a sudden I think we can almost sterilize ourselves in the other direction. Right. You know, so that's, I know that's something you, you, you talk about, like, uh, is this name EQ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, EQ, you know, yeah. kind of, so finding, like, the, this is a bit of, a, like, a direction change, but finding the spirituality and, like, having a burp, totally. you know, having a beer, fucking totally. getting in a fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. People often have a very sterilized idea of spirituality, yeah. which is, like, yeah, the clouds of incense on top of a mountain. And not that there's anything wrong with that's that. Great, yeah. That's great. But that's not, that's one form, you know, there's, uh, I think, I mean, I don't remember if I ever told you this, there was a glorious EQ story where when he's an old guy, uh, some of the people who are following him around, uh, he gathers them up and say, you know, after, after I'll die, some of you are going to take to the mountains and uh, meditate. Some of you, I know instead, you're just going to part it up with women and have wild sex left and right. Both types of Zen are fun by me, but if you become a, professor, a professional cleric and start blabbing about Zen as the way, then mm. you're my enemy. <laughs> you yeah, like, right. To him, is like meditating the mountains, great. Wild sex, great. Uh, but trying to over, 
intellectualize this whole thing and turn it into something that's like a verbose game for nerds and turn spirituality into that that's crap that's a problem you know yeah and so i'm like yeah there's something yeah i don't really i think one of the problems with spirituality is the idea of separating the sacred from the profane the mm. idea that the sacred is somewhere out there in this mystical land whereas to me the mystical land is right here it's yeah. right under your feet it's yeah. right now you know that's the that's the real deal is day-to-day -day life live with awareness that's what spirituality is mm. the other stuff is like a hollywood image of spirituality you know and again that's good too if it's part of a lifestyle not if it's just the now I'm gonna have my spiritual moment. He's like, yeah, come right. on, man. What about steps towards towards convergence of that? Like finding spirituality on a momentary basis. Yeah. Like, is there any type of? I really love digging into like, oh, this is like something I can do. Not that it ever needs sure. to be that, but having something like, okay, cool. Like, what is that? How how does that look to start that that vision? I think I mean, the point is to a large degree is awareness. And awareness, people can create it in a bunch of ways, right? Awareness of looking at reality through different sets of eyes rather than kind of this jaded, uh, not perceiving 90% of what's out there because you're just going through the motions. That's where a lot of people argue psychedelics are great, right? Where suddenly ordinary reality looks amazing hmm. and you're looking at it and it's like, wow, I've never seen a sky this beautiful. And it looks different. Or many people argue meditation works wonders. It's the same thing as after an awesome workout. Sometimes if you pay attention, you have that moment when you look at the ordinary and it's so much more beautiful than most of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's kind of like when you realize that ordinary life is insanely beautiful and more yeah. complex than anything can. But usually people are so locked in that unless they get thrown around by psychedelics or by a deep meditative experience or something, they are not going to notice. Yeah. I think it becomes easier when you have a few of these experiences to then tap into it at will. Uh, it becomes easier to say, okay, just doesn't have to be formal meditation, but let's slow down. Let's really be here. You know? Yeah. It changes. I, s I s find myself saying a lot that to be a person that really is playing in their life and, and is enamored by the world that they're living in and, and, and is willing to kind of like, you know, I say like move different, you know, I got like yep. a hashtag sticker or whatever. And <laughs> to be that person, whatever move different to you uh -huh. is, is you're literally a, a revolutionary in a right. sense because inevitably you're going to have all of the people around you being like, who the fuck is that yeah, guy? Of course. You know, get him out of the tribe. Right. You know, like we're in the hunched over, like broken posture, yeah. staring into our cell phone tribe. Anybody that goes outside of that, we need to destroy them. Right. There is that sense of uh, something is dangerous there. Something is off. Yeah. In a sense, I think it's having having that, uh, finding, like you mentioned, having enough experiences where you're like, oh, I think we're on to something with mm -hmm. this. But if you see a little kid, the way that they approach the world is so much different than a 30-year-old. You know, but there's so much value in that approach because mm -hmm. the kid, they're just intrigued by things. Yep. Absolutely. You know, there's a sense of, I think that's the main thing that's missing in uh, education. It's the main thing that's missing in most people's lives. It's the main thing that's missing. The sense of wonder. Mm. The sense of, uh, there was a great thing that I remember hearing. There was this story about a group of Apache tribesmen 
that when they were told about the way Apache history was mentioned in kind of Western history books and stuff, their problem wasn't so much that it was factually incorrect or there was a bit of racism or any of that. They were like, yeah, I mean, there's that, sure, whatever. That's not the important stuff. The stuff that bugged them was that they said it didn't captivate, it didn't, it's not a powerful story. There's no sense of wonder. There's yeah. no magic around it. There's no, it's boring. It's dry. It's lifeless. You know, that's more important than anything else. The, and instead, having that spark changes everything. You know, it's, that's why to me it's funny. It's like, I'm really not that interested in people's intelligence. Like, people that I choose to be around, I don't care that they are stereotypically smart or not. I really don't care. Yeah. Not important at all to me. What important is the spark they have around them, yeah. the, the vibe it's they huge. have around them. The, there are people that I can have the most in-depth conversations with forever and I'm bored to my tear. It's like, I don't care. I mean, it's like the words you are saying are interesting, but who fucking cares, right? Yeah. And then there's somebody else that I may have really, we don't have a lot in common under any point of view other than the fact that we click in the way that we feel life, you know? Yeah. And I value that a hundred times more than I value intelligence. Yeah. Intelligence to me is way overrated. Intelligence is kind of like having all the knowledge of what to do with your body, but not applying it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas the We're other stuff is... not helping anybody, not exactly, connecting with each other. Exactly. The know? other one is maybe you apply it, you don't know how you got there, so you're lacking the intellectual aspect of how to explain to somebody else why you do the things you do, but you have it. It's embodied. It's in you, you know? Yeah. And um, ideally, you have both. In a good world, you get to have both. You have the spark and the way to explain it and put it verbal in a good way. But really, to me, one is indispensable. The other one is a topping on the cake, you know? It's not that important. And I find it funny because we worship intelligence so much. Mm. And I'm like... I would trade that for a lot of things. It's just one of the games. Yeah. You exactly. know, money is one of the games. Intelligence is one of the games. Yeah. Movement is one of the games. Mm -hmm. And we have a tendency of leading which with whatever game we're strongest at. And then belittling those around us. So we kind of emphasize that game. Yeah. You know, I think figuring out that the, the deeper thing, which is like, what's like the, maybe whatever, you know, metaphor, like the board that we're playing on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if we can kind of come to that, then it becomes a little bit more... You know, this, this mutual connection point, I guess. Totally. And you that's know. what makes life fascinating. Yeah. That's what makes it worth living. That's yeah. what, yeah, even, like, I remember even in, I think I started realizing it in high school, when I would see people who listened to the same music I did, read the same books, uh, watched the same movies. We had the same taste, right? So in theory, according to your Facebook profile match, you should perfectly get along, right? right? And I'm like, I really don't want to be around that person. Yeah. I don't care that much. I don't feel anything around them, you know? Mm. And somebody else that you got nothing in common with, you click so damn well. It's like the way they laugh makes you happy. You yeah. know, the way they, and it's like, yeah, you like this other shit. I like this. It, that's completely irrelevant. That's immaterial. That's secondary stuff. The real stuff is the vibe about life, that energy. That to me is more interesting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the rest is all verbal games and stuff, you know, not yeah. that important. Yeah, what is it? Uh, masks. Oh man, there was some kind of verbal, intellectual kind of uh, dick measuring thing that I had, but I don't, I don't remember what it is. Mask. What is mask? There's some 
some, what is it that means mask in another language that they play, uh, I don't remember what it was. There was something, I had like, I had a thought for a second, but it's these masks that we wear, mm -hmm. you know? And we, so we, we, we lead with these different masks and it's like, I think that that process of disrobing the mask that's the real beauty, right? You know, that's yeah. the, that's why that's why like you know love or sex or not necessarily sex. Sex ends up being the Trojan horse mm -hmm. to you finally putting your mask down. Sure. <laughs> you know, like you take your literal clothes off. Right. You know, maybe you start to shed some of those layers mm -hmm. of protection in this safe space. Right. You know, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, cool. Like the mask is on the table. Of course. You know, it's it's. I think maybe just that practice of leading without the mask more often, or using it as a tool. Yeah, you were asking about reset buttons earlier. Yeah, sex is a huge one. It's huge, right? yeah. That's like, to me, is like, if you go too many days without an orgasm, the stuff that that does to your brain or your mood or your everything else, ooh, you know. Persona. It's, I yeah. think persona means yeah, yeah. mask. Yeah, totally. Where you put on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we carry these personas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we. Um, you probably gotta go. What time is it? I don't know. I don't have. I have a phone or something around here somewhere. We've been recording for about an hour or so. Uh, probably ten minutes or ten something. minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So sex is a beautiful dropping of the persona. Yeah, it can be. Again, people are masters at disguise. Yeah, you can lead so with ego can, with that. Uh, somehow, even the middle of the most amazing sex, they can be so in character that they can nothing makes them snap out mm. you know that's why probably they need more and more powerful thing to really throw them just way out there where they because otherwise yeah a lot of people are able to hold on with tooth and nail to their the image they have created for themselves mm. so that they can be like they have their one moment they have their orgasm and about 0.01 seconds later they are like i'm back in uh, the image that i created and there's no you can get that one quarter of a second glimpse of somebody's nature and it's like, well, done, I can't go there, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but of course, the potential is there. The potential is there in a lot of things to, to have that impact for sure. Yeah, this, this week I'm working with a, a, uh, a sexological body worker, uh -huh. you could say, um, which I've done some work with this in the past, but I have another, another one coming up with, a, with another, another person that I just recently met and that's one of the things that they one of the things that she was she was kind of talking about is like is having sexual pleasure without any agenda yeah or also also having sexual pleasure as a man just from a receiving place uh -huh. you know no so not having that could be the agenda as well but sure. not having like okay i'm gonna make you feel good you know yep. or i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of put it on of you or whatever it's like can you just experience that within yourself and kind of soften a little bit man it's also there's something really, because I mean, I think is sometimes we make the mistake of uh, some people look at sex in very gross kind of ways. Yeah. And so then we go to the complete opposite end where it's like, oh, it's all about this spiritual connection that you're making. And I mean, I hear a lot of people talk about sex or it's like, that it's still, you know what we're doing right here. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. It's like you're turning into a Disney movie. You're making yeah. it so fluffy and clouds and spit. Sometimes there's something really cool about being able to separate emotion from sex, hmm. which doesn't mean that you have to be a dick to somebody. It doesn't mean that you're mean because you're not necessarily in the most loving, connected, forever kind of thing. It can be sex uh, 
to me it's like it can be sex the way you get a massage it's like you are yeah. nice to each other you are polite to each other you are you know you're still treat each other like good human beings but that doesn't mean that you need to have this lasting connection forever or that it needs to mean this day it's here and now it's great for what it is here and now and yes we're nice to each other that's where it ends you know? mm. and i find that sometimes something interesting in that because it allows you to think that sometimes people often confuse the two people are like what they really want is they want some sex and they have to justify to themselves through oh it's about love and stuff uh, sometimes it is sometimes it's not sometimes you just need good sex you mm -hmm. know what i mean and so if you are honest with yourself and you are able to separate the two then you know which one is which so that when you do go for something because you do it's about a more deeper love connection then great but other times don't don't deceive anyone else don't deceive yourself first and foremost trying to because in your mind the only good kind has to be this connected deep spiritual thing and it's like no it's not yeah that's one kind and it's beautiful it's not the only kind <laughs> it's the same thing this is all this is metaphor for you know everything we're talking about before in relationship it's spanning that spectrum mm -hmm. you know so there's one i think sometimes women like to be objectified mm -hmm. you know it's like high heels i think are highly objectifying it literally makes you a weaker right. specimen. It makes you like, it's like, wow, you're like prey now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if the house burns, like you're screwed. Yeah. Like you can't get out of here. <laughs> and then there's another place where it's like, I really want to be empowered and strong and equal and connected. And it's like, none of them is right or wrong. I think, I think everybody just... digs it, right? I mean, that's why there are all the different uh, tastes in that regard when it comes to sexuality. There's the more dominant approach. There's the more submissive one. There's somewhere where power doesn't even enter the agenda at all. And it's like, and most human beings kind of like a little bit of a taste of all of them, mm. you know? Yeah. Whereas like some people are really fixated on one or the other, and then that's all they get off on. But a lot of people is like, the variety of it all is the fun, you know, is being able to ch try all these different roles, yeah. try all these different energies to it. Yeah, the the high heel thing, a lot of people would disagree with the objectification thing. That's totally, that's totally fair. You argue, argue both ways. Well, it could also say it's empowering. You know, it makes it makes a woman taller. It makes her feel stronger. It makes her feel, her butt feel more toned. It makes her feel like more like sexually active. Or I don't know what I'm not and a woman fact, wearing guess, heels. But I guess one of the things that's funny about stuff like that, it can probably be both at the same time, depending yeah. on which one you decide to focus on. That's it. Because the reality is that, yeah, I don't see a problem with either line of reasonings. You know, they both make sense. Yeah. And there are probably some that are even outside of these two, and they are also fit. Yeah. You know? The really interesting thing is, uh, I think sometimes I was reading recently about the usage of lead in makeup, which present mm -hmm. day is still is still a thing apparently, which, yeah. is, which sounds really interesting. But um, back in like the 16th, 17th century, it was it was like ubiquitous. Yeah, where especially right. in um, like English cultures, and then also in in Japanese cultures, and probably other places as well. But in England, from what I read, they called it they called it a ceruse, which is like you know white powder stuff, and it like made you a beautiful yeah. woman. And it was known from what I read that sometimes it was correlated with like um, baldness and trembling or like shudders and and even death and but it was still a wow. thing that they did this is what I read and again yeah, fact, yeah. fact check me again but um, 
I just find it really interesting. So many things like you could say a similar thing with heels, mm -hmm. where it literally like degenerates for your you, structure. Yeah, but it's worth it. All right, all right. <laughs> it's like that's like a mental illness, isn't it? Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> that's seriously a problem. That's like something that objectively, it's not a subjective thing. Yeah. Objectively, like it's messing you up worse. your body. Yeah. It's an addiction, like anything. It's like being addicted to fast food when you know that it's crap for you. It's like, yeah, I get it, but, and you know, ultimately you pick your battles because of course there are 10,000 things that are kind of bad for you and you got to choose which one is which, which one you actually do decide to, eh, it's not that what it gives me versus what it takes away, it's worth it. Mm. But then others, like you really need to make some mental contortions to argue that what it gives you versus what it takes away is worth it. It's like, I don't know, man. It's like that's passing the line just a tiny bit. Yeah, but I, I find stories like that really nice metaphors for just kind of like questioning everything yeah. in a sense, like all the things that I think ah, are healthy, perfect. the things that I think are like the right way to, to live my life. And is this just some type of cultural dogma that I'm, in so deep i don't even realize i'm there right um, and there are those things for sure right yeah. definitely that's why i think it's interesting the example you make because it's physical that like it's pretty objective is something is good for yeah. your body or not that's not up for discussion how we interpret it and what we decide is worth it or not maybe up for discussion but the basic fact isn't it's just evidence yeah well, cool man what's um how do people learn more about your your stuff find the podcast you got a great podcast you got great books got all sorts of cool stuff going on sure so i guess uh google always helps google. um there's you know because i have you know my facebook page my twitter page my just attempt to spell your name and it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll find it dangerous it's, uh, <laughs> it's daniel with an e at the end which confuses americans because you're either a woman who's misspelling daniel, her own name because yeah. it would be daniel with two l is no it's one l but there's an e at the end <laughs> and then bolelli that's b-o-l-e-l-l-i but yeah otherwise uh yeah one way where you can actually find out the name is spelled and it's probably easier to remember is a history on fire podcast.com history on fire podcast is one of my two podcasts it's um kind of this epic exploration of human history and it's it's one of my sites and then from there it's probably easier to get find everything else cool are you still cranking on drunken drunken Taoist? yeah cool yeah i'm still doing those twice a month i'm trying to do history on fire once a month the problem is that history on fire require such a brutal amount of research that yeah. keeping it once a month it's tricky because yeah. you have to read a shitload of pages but that's what makes it good ultimately is then to be able to take from all these sources and making it into one powerful narrative so there is something really nice and selfish about just doing interview based things i know like i do this out of laziness yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like cool we're done i know <laughs> you did it for me didn't you like we sit down have a fun chat done you know it's yeah that would be way easier yeah. yeah we should do a drunken taoist at some point that yeah i love that yeah maybe we can um we could do if you want to do that maybe we could release this at the same time so people can people well, can whenever, jump out, depending jump on the that. timing but yeah we can do it at the same time we can do it at, yeah. yeah either way yeah cool. well, all right cool sweet thanks so much man awesome appreciate the time hanging out on this is uh i brought this rug back from morocco 
Online Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. If you want to support what we are doing and you are digging it, um, one thing you can do is you can jump onto linetherapy.com and grab yourself an Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band and the door anchor and um, comes with an instructional video guide and breakdown decompression of those joints, self-care stuff, exercise stuff. It's great. Um, some free things that you guys can do, one of which would be, as we mentioned, utilizing the Amazon affiliate link. Top hand, right-hand corner of the podcast page and uh, just bookmark that thing. Anytime you purchase crap on Amazon, we get about 6 or 7% of that. Costs you nothing. And um, also, you could jump on to audibletrial.com slash align and get yourself a free Audible audio book and a free month subscription. Costs you absolutely nothing and kicks us down some, some scratch. Um, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate your support and uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for tuning in. Wouldn't be possible without you and look forward to seeing you next week.